The one thing that is undeniably universal is that death is inevitable. The death of a loved one is unsettling, regardless of the situation, and as such, those at the end of the process serve an invaluable role. Our friend Randy with Stokes, Proc, and Munt and the Cremation Society is here to tell us how funeral directors are here to provide much-needed assistance. Our main job is to educate, to comfort, to give them order, and to help them consider celebrating the life of the person that they lost, which is very therapeutic for them in the long run. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. In USA, I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Welcome on in to the month of May. Here we go. Oh, it's it's got to be May, and Cinco de Mayo, and may the 4th be with you, and all of those things. As we get into May, you hit Mother's Day in a few days. She gave you life. She can take that life from you whenever she wants. <laughs> a, a wonderful time, and it seems as though we are now finally getting spring as well in the Chippewa Valley. So welcome on into May at another month of Talk of the Town. As always, we have plenty to get to, and while you have time, and you've got plenty of it, check out all of the other great shows we have at echometownradio.com, including a couple of new shows that are debuting this week, the Momentum Fitness Podcast. That's going to be a very fun uh, podcast to listen to. So the Mo Podcast, as they call it, that's dropping on Wednesday. We are also introducing uh, Coffee at the Cottage. This will be a unique podcast. It's directed to our friends over in Menominee. But Coffee at the Cottage, you're going to want to check that out. That, too, debuts on Wednesday, and that'll feature a lot of interviews with newsmakers in Menominee. It'll be a little bit of a, 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 a more of an opinion-based show for Menominee, similar to this show. Not quite the same, because that's going to have guests, but it's going to be a little bit more opinion-based than, say, the downtown Menominee podcast. We've got those shows. We've got other shows at echometownradio.com. Road trips. Road trips with Liz and Minz has been scorching hot like asphalt under a July sun. It has been maybe our, our most popular podcast in the last several weeks. So check that one out. Road trips with Liz and Minz. And they've got a new episode next week that's going to be coming your way. Uh, we got a lot to get to. I, I do want to touch on the weekend. Had uh, first communion for our daughter over the weekend. But before that, have to touch on this story out of Chippewa Falls and the school district and the school board and all of that in Chippewa Falls on Monday night. It's not a new phenomenon. It's been going on ever since there's been schools and there's been books. And that is the old book-burning arguments. Uh, the arguments of what's appropriate, what isn't appropriate, 
what books to put into a curriculum, what books to take out of a curriculum, who's offended, who's not offended. And, and I will throw this out there. And I don't want to go down this path too much because it's not necessarily the, the final opinion I have, but there is some truth to this. If you look at any type of literature, any type of plot in stories, any type of plot in, in movies and television and all of that, you have somebody that leans a little bit more conservative and then they'll ultimately turn a little bit more progressive and, and become more open-minded and that's looked at as being sort of altruistic. But rarely do you ever have the story of somebody that starts off maybe a little too liberal and becomes slightly more conservative. And it's not something that is always done out of the, uh, it's not always something that's done with a malicious intent. It almost naturally happens. It almost naturally happens. Similar to the sense in real life, how people as they get older tend to become more conservative. And I'm not talking the cartoonish when you become an old man, you don't ever want to see change. No, you, as time goes on, you tend to become a little bit more conservative. And I'm not, even dis- I'm not even talking the political ideologies. I'm just talking overall conservative. Well, I bring that up because there's also this thought. If one side says they're offended by something, that is viewed as altruistic, and we should follow them. And, and they, But if another side is offended by something... Well, they're Neanderthals. And it brings us to this story out of Chippewa Falls. Stephanie Krizan, who's a parent in Chippewa Falls, addressed the school board on Monday night concerning a book called Neanderthal Opens the Door to the Universe. That's the name of the book, Neanderthal Opens the Door to the Universe. And if the book doesn't sound familiar, it it probably won't. I think it's a relatively new book within the last decade or so. It's it's gotten rave reviews. It's not a book that has been viewed as as highly controversial. It's not a book that numerous parents and, and, and groups have tried to remove, but you have to start somewhere. Stephanie Krizan addressed the Chippewa Falls School Board, saying the book should be removed after her 15-year-old son was forced, and I don't really like that term forced, but he was instructed to read it in his English class. Now, she'll say forced, but he was instructed to. So you're, 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 her saying forced isn't inaccurate, but it's how do you, how do you present the meal? And so she used the term forced. He was forced to read this book. She believes the book to be inappropriate, citing numerous sexual innuendos and, get this, 768 swear words. She counted every one of them. She went through the book, some 400 pages, and counted 768 swear words. So she found sexual innuendos, and 768 swear words. Now, let me say this. This is, again, where Scotty goes both ways on these. Get a life, Stephanie. 
get get a, get a life. Go on a date with your husband or your girlfriend or, or God knows what floats your boat. Join a bowling league. Do something. My God, if you've got the time to go through and read the book verbatim and circle and underline and count every swear word, you're too deeply involved. And you're also looking for a problem. That doesn't mean the book does not have numerous sexual innuendos. It doesn't mean it doesn't have swears. But get a life. <laughs> All right. I mean, to, to, to a certain extent there, find something else to pass, your, pass the time. And as I'm going to say in a moment... All of these parents that think they're doing good are almost stepping too far. And you're going to get caught in this game of how much are you policing, almost shielding your kids from things? How much are you shielding your kids from things? As a parent, you need to mostly be like a, what is it called, a colander? A colander, the thing that I clean out, I, I let the water filter through from my spaghetti. You need to be one of those. A lot of holes in what goes through you and to your kids. And you'll sift some things out. But not a lot. you got to let your kids get exposed. And then you have to be there to explain it. Not block it. Not block it. But that being said... She's against this book. Wanted the book removed. Molly Barnes. And she, I, I, w- I watched the video last night. She, she, she looks like the sort of teacher that is straight out of central casting for the type of person who, say, the other side would not like. Had thick rim glasses. Leaned forward into the microphone. Uh... She is an English teacher in the school district and spoke on the department's behalf, saying the book was vetted and chosen because of the story that the protagonist in the book, this Neanderthal opens the door to the universe, is someone battling depression, is struggling in school, is subject to bullying, relatable topics to nearly any individual going to school in 2022 or frankly 1962 battling depression struggling in school subject to bullying that's what the protagonist is going through that's why the book was chosen wasn't chosen because of there's talk of sex in there and it wasn't chosen because there's an awful lot of swears it was chosen because of the story itself. Now, district members who read the book agreed, saying that while it's controversial how it gets there, that the context is very important. And the book is going to stay. I think it's going to, like anything else, parents have the option to always have their kids skip out on a book and you can talk to the teacher about it. That sort of thing has always existed. So what's my overall thought on it? Well, one thing, again, as I said, I think too many parents are trying to overly shield their kids. Your kids are going to experience swears. Your kids are going to experience sexual innuendo. Uh, Stephanie Krizan's, uh, I think, son is 15 years old. 
is 15 years old. I'm pretty sure I don't know the kid. I don't know if the kid's involved in extracurriculars, but if they're involved in a sport, guarantee you there's been some discussions in locker rooms you don't like. Okay? The discussions happen. It's up to you as a parent, you as a parent, to explain things almost after the fact. Let your kids go. Experience things, and then you have to explain it so that they themselves are able to cook it properly in their head. Just keeping them from these things does not help at all. However, I always wonder, do these people let their kids drive? Like, are you ever going to let your kid drive? Like, at one point, you can't be in the passenger seat even when they're driving. you got to let them drive. Dear God, they may, they, may, they may take that car and go to a restaurant you don't want them to go to. They may in college go to a bar. At the same time, at the same time, these departments, I, I have come to this realization, it's not always the case, but it does exist. These school Districts, these departments, in this case, it's the English department and this Molly Barnes, who was the voice of the department, who, by the way, was not the teacher that actually, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, is not the teacher that assigned the book, however, is part of the department. I didn't even see, is she the head of the department? Either way. These departments get overly defensive about these things. They're now getting overly defensive. And I listened to what Molly Barnes had to say, and I felt as though she was condescending to any dissenting opinion. And that's not correct. That's not right. I look at this book, this Neanderthal opens the door to the universe, and perhaps it is a very good book for kids to read. Perhaps it is. Perhaps it is not a book that should be removed from the curriculum. In the long run, it, maybe it should not be removed from the curriculum. But you're not doing any good as a department, as a school district, if you talk in a condescending way. All you're doing is fanning the flames to the people that are against something. And a lot of times, people that are against something, again, they just want to be heard. We've talked about it before. Now, they, they may not like the decision and all of that, and if you listen to people and you, you, you shake your head and go, yep, I understand you, and you try to make some tweaks and they're still not happy, well then, again, they, they, you can't make everybody happy. But don't speak in a condescending tone either. And I think Molly Barnes spoke in a very, again, I'm somebody that I probably, you know, gun to my head, lean towards trusting what the school district is putting out there. But we've talked about this in other aspects there. Stephanie Krizan and no doubt others are offended by this book. They're offended by this book for what it is. But they're looked at as kind of backwards, and they, you know, they, they, you know, they're old-fashioned. But if that book had other themes, and people were offended by it for other reasons, and you know what I'm talking about, then snap of the finger, things would be changed. 
And we've got to be careful fighting that. You got to be careful fighting that. Well, I should say, you got to fight that urge. Just be, you know, you, you could be offended both ways. You know, I'm going to say this too with, with Stephanie Krizan. Again, she's bringing up 768 swear words in that book. I mean, I, you know, as I, as I say that, 768 swears. Now, what did she constitute as a swear? And what we constitute as a swear, I, I don't even know what a swear word is anymore. Outside of there's a couple words you absolutely do not say. But what do we constitute really a swear word now? If, if anything, we become almost, we become really loose with our language while at the same time, we're almost more puritanical than we were 25 years ago. It's kind of an odd thing. You, the, what's discussed on television now is, 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 is very, very censored. However, they use dirtier language than they did 25 years ago. I have something, by the way, against cond- being condescended to by people. You know, we'll talk about Sunday. So Sunday was my daughter's uh, first communion, an immaculate Catholic, uh, immaculate conception. Uh, by the way, the people, yeah, tremendously lucky. They had the Montesanos as part of their first communion. You got to see Scott Montesano and his family there. Grade A. Uh, Who's who there? Because they can all go, oh, that's Scott Montesano. That's his daughter out there. Uh, but we, we were there a uh, couple of times. Thursday night we had to be there for a, uh, the first uh, confession, and then we were there on Saturday for a practice, and there, then there on Sunday. And there was a lady there who apparently is the, the head of the, not there's, there's the school there that's part of the Regis Catholic school system, but there's also nighttime school for for this sort of thing. You know, for for people like us that send their kids to public school, you go in the evening for uh, first communion lessons and all of that once uh, once a week. So there was this lady there who apparently heads up the whole sort of program, the nighttime, and then she doesn't really oversee the daytime. That's the school district, but that's all, that's another thing. So she's head of this thing. And she's got to be maybe upper 30s. Apparently, she's, she's not married. Uh, that doesn't really mean anything. Uh, but she's in her upper 30s. She, I think she's one or two years running this after some other lady had run it for years. And she, too, was kind of overly strict <laughs> on this thing. But we're there. And it's a rather happy thing. You're in the church, and everybody's talking, and people are seeing each other, and a a lot of families know each other, and numerous times, whether it was on the, the day of the first confession or the practice day or the, you know, there's, there's times where there, there's no ceremony going on where things are very reverent, and she'd go up to the microphone and she'd say, everybody remember, we're in a sacred spot. We're in a sacred spot. And every, every parent would turn to each other and with that look of like, it, 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 you know, she tried to chastise us. Like nobody was running, nobody was running up and down the 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 pews with a roar making a noise. People, you know, <laughs> it, was, it, it was it was the condon, it just kept the the condescending nature. Like, how dare you speak in church during this happy day? She's like, you know, remember this is a a sacred spot, the church, and. <laughs> 
the priest himself is kind of in the corner chatting it up with people. <laughs> She's doing this. Some people like the feeling of power. That's the thing. Some people like the feeling of power. Uh, moving on, because we, we talk about feeling the thing of power. I, we'll touch on this very, very briefly. It's not going to be a big thing, uh, which if you are very much against and you think that this group of people have done something wrong, I'm doing you a solid by not talking about this a lot. And that is the Oak Area School District. Won't give this much time, but let's call it for what it was. They had a meeting on Monday night, regularly scheduled meeting. This group of people, I think three or four people, stormed into the meeting holding papers, presented basically fake legal papers to the board saying, you know, we're going to we're 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 taking you guys to court saying you broke this rule, that rule, that rule, that rule. Uh, Two of the people ran off without giving their name. Another person had to be almost dragged out of there. They were yelling and screaming and they were saying you're all evil and, and blah, blah, blah. Nothing. There's nothing of this at all. There's the story is people looking like asses. That's what the story is. Uh, claiming that the school, you know, they wanted the superintendent fired, and they're claiming this rule was broken and that rule was broken and all that. I'm going to say this: these types of actions, these types of actions, and we see it on both sides of the extreme. For rights and lefts. You know, we just saw it at an NBA basketball game a couple weeks ago. A lady, in, uh, a lady in Minneapolis tried to glue herself to the floor during a basketball game to protest animal rights. So it goes both ways. These types of actions only galvanize an oppo- the opposing view more and gain sympathy. So if you're against the Oak Area School District Board, you th- you voted against them a few weeks ago. You don't like the direction. And I'm again, I'm I'm on board with the idea of I'm not happy that three like-minded people all won. I wanted to see a mixture. But if you are you think that they've done everything wrong and 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 this has been wrong, that's not the way to handle it. You're not going to get anything fixed. By A, being those idiots who went storming into the school board and presented fake legal documents, you're not going to do anything by supporting those people. Because all it does is it galvanizes those people even more against your side. That doesn't bring them to the middle at all. You're not going to intimidate people to the middle. Because what you're dealing with is you're dealing with an awful lot of people, both on the side that's against something and the side that's for it. Awful lot of people that, how do I put it, don't have a backbone either way. Okay? Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. That don't have a backbone either way. Like, they, 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 you know, they're just going to huddle into their own spot and find other people around them and, and be insulated. So when you go storming and yell and scream, that's not going to bring the other people out from their cocoon and see how they can talk to you. And if anything, it galvanizes sympathy for that side. So if you're against the Oakhurst School Board or all these others, when you go and you, you pull off that fiasco, you're only making it worse. 
You're not going to win a court case. You know the only you know the only thing you're going to get people down the, 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 the what what's her name? What's her name that I, I stumbled across a month ago when I was driving down south? What the the Valerie lady out of Madison who runs a a redder than red radio show? Uh, she'll go on there and say you're a hero for what you did. What does that mean? So, yeah, we're not going to talk about that story any more than that. I'm not going to give that. Just like I really didn't want to give any any, sto- any more topic to the, the, they caught the guy that was writing those letters late March uh, threatening in the Oak Area School District. I think that story is uh, dead and buried, and I hope, hope he has the book thrown at him because he, too, is a spineless coward for what he did. Uh no matter how much you may not like any decision from a an elected leader, an elected group, never be threatening them. Never. Never. Uh, officers were for, uh, Altoona officers were formally cleared by the DOJ of, uh, in the fall death of a 43-year-old man. Uh, that man had died two weeks after being tased. Uh, they were cleared a few days ago. You might remember the story from the fall. The, the man was acting out on Harlem Street in Altoona. Uh, late one night, he was standing on a car. The owner of the car the owner of the car called the police who came, tried to settle this man down. They spent 45 minutes. He wouldn't calm down. They believe he was under the influence. They eventually tased him. He died two weeks later. They they've come to realize that he had other issues as well. And it's, you know, this this it was not the officer's fault that he died. Uh, so they've been cleared. Uh, Country Jam, uh, sort of a follow-up to the story from a few months ago, uh, you know, basically dotting the I's and literally crossing the T's, uh, moving from the town of Union to an area off of Highway 10 that will take place after this year. So this July's, Country Jam will still go on at that same spot, but then starting next year, they'll move to that area off of Highway T, which will be officially annexed into the city of Eau Claire, which will open the uh, the door, uh, make it possible to extend some utilities and whatnot out that way. I said it at the time, I'll, I'll say it now, it's, it's probably a good thing. Uh, we'll see what they do with that site. I sit here and constantly say... For, for everybody who loves music and all these festivals in the region, I still think it's on a house of cards. At one point, all of these similar event spaces are going to... Somebody's going to need to go another level up. Somebody's going to need to go another level up. You can't just keep having all these spaces with, with, with simple uh, barn-like structures... Somebody's going to eventually have to level up. And I'm, I'm talking a true amphitheater. I mean, that would probably be the best thing. You, you put a true amphitheater in and, and maybe some extending spaces out there. That, uh, because if you keep having the same sort of facility again and again and again, a simple structure and these other places, you know, a simple stage and a lot of grassland and, you know, we'll put up some, some more permanent buildings so we can hold, you know, some, some banquets and whatnot. There's only so much to go around. There's only so much business to go around. So I, I still am surprised somebody hasn't wanted to build the 
you know, 10,000 seat amphitheater in the area. But again, you know, I don't know the business as well as these people do. And even if it is on a house of cards and one of these or two of these festivals will one day go by the wayside, the people that are putting the money into these things believe, hey, somebody, you know, we, you know the, the, the amount of these festivals and whatnot may decrease in the next 10 years, but it's sure as hell not going to be me. And that, you know, I, there's, there's something that I kind of respect about that. If they say, hey, Scott, I agree with you. Not all these festivals are going to succeed in the way that they are right now in 10, 15 years. But I'm not going to be the one that has my festival go. I kind of agree with that. It's no different than all the restaurants. I think there's a good chance, whether we officially go into a recession or not, that you're going to see, like I think, some restaurants that are going to struggle in the next couple of years. You're going to probably see it's going to be the final blow to some restaurants that have all kind of done the same thing, the same standard bar and grill sort of idea. But somebody sits there and goes, yep, Scott, I agree with you. If we've got 10 burger restaurants and only eight of them are going to survive, I'm going to be one of the eight. I'm not going to change. I'm going to miss make sure I'm one of the eight. I go, all right, I respect that. I also respect you for tuning in today, back with another edition on Thursday of Talk of the Town. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Monasano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.